So many of us have heard the term imago Dei, image of God. What does it mean to be created in the image of God? My name is Dan. I'm with Ben. We're the teaching pastors at Life Fellowship in Metropolitan Charlotte, North Carolina. Ben, this is an important topic um, and kind of a baseline topic when we understand what it means to be created in the image of God and all that that encompasses. Um, it, 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 it sets... Uh, some philosophical foundational standards and also some barriers for where we should be willing to go, Mm. particularly as it relates to things that are very heavy on our future, like AI, transhumanism, and some of the other things we're going to be discussing uh, in episodes to come. So we thought it'd be a good idea to start here, right? I I mean, I think, you know, we had two previous conversations on AI, and I think one of the things that we discussed was this whole idea of um, just because just because we can doesn't mean we should. And for us as Christians, our worldview towards technology should always be: is this is this for is this going to help produce something good, true, and beautiful in our world? Um, the other question is: is this inhibiting on the image of God in humanity? Right, like that's mm-hmm. really important. And I think we can say that. And I think a lot of people might hear. I mean, w- when people talk about computers taking over humanity and remember the movies the matrix mm-hmm. uh the oh, matrix yeah. trilogy and i i think the lot out of the three the first one's the only one worth watching but but there's four. Oh, that's right there's four now i didn't even watch i didn't even watch it i watched it it wasn't worth it <laughs> okay so don't put yourself the, through it but the whole idea it's it's machines against humanity and and there's this co- there's this cosmic conflict between will humanity rise up against the machines and so um, I think there's this fear today that with this advent of AI and oh my goodness, look what it's able to do and it will it will supplant humans and I think that we have to take a step back and remember. I I, I sit here today. I do I believe that there's going to be certain jobs occupations that will change, but I don't believe we'll ever get to the point where um, machines will become self actualized. I I just don't believe that because there's something about humanity. That is greater than that. That we are the reflection of God's image. There's something unique in us that no machine can ever do. And like we said, I can't remember what how many episodes ago. The reason why it says artificial intelligence because it's artificial. Not make people process faster, but it's there's everything that we know about AI. There's a gatekeeper at the top of the chain that's feeding it the information or the kind of information that's it's <laughs> it's sharing with it. So it's only producing that which it has been. F- information that's been fed. It cannot actually come up with something new that it hasn't that that's the framework of information that's outside of it. Does that make sense? It 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 does. It raises a lot of other questions that are probably far too deep to to go here because <laughs> you can go into an infinite loop of down to who came first. The, I mean, the chicken can, or the if, egg? Yeah. The Did you ask the, Chat the, GPT what came first, the no, chicken or the egg? No, I Brit, have never done Brit, it. Brit, do that real quick <laughs> while we're this is we're, we're live searching right now. But but I believe why the why the image of god the doctrine of the image of god is so vital because it's foundational to our understanding of humanity and a lot of the technology that's happening is going to infringe upon what does it mean to be human today yeah and it goes back to you know the very first words of scripture was in the beginning god that's right and and if you're going to have a biblical worldview a christian worldview you have to start with this idea that there was God before anything else, and that's what matters most. And we ought to pursue him and, and, and search for him and understand our role in a universe created by him. Okay. 
That, that's beautiful, but I just got the answer to the chicken yeah, or you, the egg. If I ask you to quote back what I just said, you couldn't do it, could <laughs> I you? Did. There's you no re- way. You were reading. Okay. So, <laughs> it was brilliant, so, by the way. <laughs> whatever Dan said, quote that, tweet it, whatever you want to do. But the real reason why we're listening today is to figure out what does ChatGPT believe about the chicken or the egg, which came first. And this is, this is its response. Ready? I am breathless. The question of which came first, the chicken or the egg, is an age-old philosophical conundrum. From a biological perspective, eggs existed long before chickens evolved. The first chickens would have hatched from eggs laid by pre-chicken ancestors. So in that sense, the egg came first. I don't think... Which flies in the face of of biblical biblical creationism. (laughs) Chat GPT, you're wrong. So, but really, God created chickens first then. That's if you I think about it, a biblical world yeah. Oh, so we've got to see. This is why we listen. This is why we do this show, so you will know that ChatGPT is not infallible. Yes. So, <laughs> okay. Um, ben and Dan are. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we are. Okay. So, image of God. This is. Um, I, I got a lot of my uh, information out from a, a theological textbook called Systematic Theology by Wayne Grudem. And Wayne Grudem is, uh, you know, brilliant theologian. But basically, he's, you know, we get this idea of the image of God in Genesis one twenty six when when God says, "Let us make man in our own image and likeness." So those two those two words, image and likeness, are Hebrew words. Um, that you know, the idea of likeness means something similar, something that's just like it. And then the word image is this idea of something that represents something. So man is like God and represents God in a unique way above and beyond all other creative things in the world. That's how I would describe it. So what does it mean to have the image of God? It means this idea that we are like, we reflect God on this creation in many ways, and we represent him. He's asked us to represent him in this creation. So that's that's what it is in a nutshell, but I think it requires some further Conversation. Anything you want to add to that? Yeah, I mean, and one of the other people who have weighed in on this is William Lane Craig, the great yes, apologist, yes. and he dealt with three areas of Imago Dei, mm-hmm. and you just mentioned two of them: the resemblance view, in that yep. we were created to resemble him, and the representative view, we were created to represent him. The third area that that definition from Gruden doesn't seem to hit on that much is the relational view, and mm. that God very specifically created a relationship. Between yes. him and mankind. Yes. Yeah. And so, and, and it is through that imago day that we can have a relationship at all. Yeah, yeah. Whereas perhaps, you know, at, at least in its fullness, you don't have a relationship with trees or, or whatever. Right, and it's, exactly. It's back and forth. Right, right. right. So, but yeah. So, so here's, here's what I think, what does it look like? How is it expressed? Because I... If you go back to Darwinism, I believe that the predominant view that most people have today is that we are just a highly, if you're going to take the evolutionary, naturalistic, biological view of humanity, we have evolved, we're just higher forms of animals, right? The biblical view says that, no, we are the, we are the representatives and with the image of, there's something unique. When God created mankind, there was something um, special about us. And so what, what distinguishes us between humans and the animals. We may be mammals, but there's something unique about us. And so um, I believe there's there's four major reasons, and I think you mentioned some of them there. The first one is 
moral aspects, that we have this idea of we can understand right and wrong. We can understand this idea of um, things that, you know, a dog might be trained to know what's right and wrong, but he has no conscience in and of himself of like, oh my goodness, what did I do? Yeah, because they have no self-awareness. They have no self-awareness, right? So this idea of this moral, we have this conscience and even um, God t- uh, in Romans chapter two talks about that we that the law is written on our hearts. God's created us with this sense of right and wrong. That's that's first. Number two, that, and you mentioned that with the relation relational view, but there's a, there's a spiritual aspect. I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead. There's a spiritual aspect to us that we are not purely a clump of cells, that we, we're body, soul, and spirit. There's both a material and an immaterial part to us. Just like God is spirit, when it's, when it, when God, when the Bible uh, explains who, how God created us, it says that he breathed this, his spirit, the, the breath of God into us. And so there's this idea of we have this immaterial part of us that when the body dies, the spirit goes somewhere. And one day there will be a resurrection where body and, and spirit come together. Um, so this idea, the image of God also, not just our moral senses and our conscience, but also that there is an immaterial part to us, okay? Number three, that there's mental aspects. We actually have this mental capacity to think logically, to debate, to um, to philosophize. I mean, someone said, so, uh, I forget, I think Gruden said, you'll never, dogs will never write about the, the philosophy of what it means to be a dog. It just, they don't. Their Animals are programmed. They don't think outside of themselves, right? And so they, we can philosophize. What does it mean to be human? We're writing books and libraries on these things, but the other animal world, the insect world, they're they're not doing these kinds of things. They might they might show some level of mental aptitude, but they they're not showing this kind of 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 depth. Um, ap- the idea of language, the idea of awareness of time, um, the idea of uh, emotions, the things that we can we can dream about things in the future. We can have regrets about the past. These are all reflections of we think at a level in a moat at a level that's so different than. The animal kingdom, um, and I think the last best description of mental aspects is this creativity. There, the, we create art, we create music, we create literature, sports, cooking, science, um, technology. These are all things that reflect this idea of God as creator, and now we are creating. And so, here's where that taps into the AI thing: is now all of the cre- all the creative energy or or um, the ideas can be, you know. We can use AI now to create things. So what does that do now to our ability to create? Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. And I think those are some questions that we have to ask ourselves is, I think the danger of AI is that if it diminishes the image of God that we have inside of us, and all of a sudden we just stop creating and we start just letting computer programs do this work, we're, we're in a world of hurt. Yeah. That, that's that's my that's my. Thought those are my, my my opinions. Yeah, and we lose and we lose control of those mm. when we assign it to algorithms and when we assign it to, um, in you know, program it uh, programmatic predispositions or preassertions mm. that that it takes away choice. Yes, it it, it takes away and, yes. and, and in many ways one of the dangerous things and we'll talk about this in a f- future episode is that it 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 eliminates some of the biodiversity that mm. god created mm-hmm. 
uh, that makes the world infinitely interesting. Yes. Um, and it relegates it to ones and zeros, or yeah. it, it it relegates it to uh, predetermined issues. Mm. Um, and 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 so you know, part of the wonder of God is His infinite nature. Yes, and and we don't even we can't even comprehend that right. because we're finite. That's right. But when you really look into some of these things, you know, these th- there are some things about God that He kept to himself and did not share that's right with his that's creation right. that's right and his immutability his perfection his mm. his uh, ability to see things simultaneously past mm. present future mm. all of those things so the, so he has given us enough that that he enjoys us and we enjoy him but mm. he has not given us everything that's right yeah and i and i think when you think about that in terms of ai the things that we just talked about n- number 1 um, just like just like God created us with limitations that that we are we are expressing the image of God in some level, not perfectly. I mean, we can never fully perfectly, but because God is God. But when we're creating AI, we're creating something in our own image. But but really, there's limitations, right? Like for example, um, I don't believe that you can create an artificial intelligence machine, computer operating system, whatever it is that really understands morality. Now you can program morality, but there's no freedom to choose morality. Does that make sense? Yeah, and it's one of the great dangers of it. Yes. Because there there is an absence of morality yeah. without intentional morality. Yeah, there's an absence or there's a puppet master of morality. Yeah, somebody right? has to define that, what, that what morality is. Someone that's feeding the algorithms and the computer, the zeros and the ones, is determining what is moral and what isn't moral. And yeah, and to get there, you have to dismantle some aspects <laughs> of morality. Yes. Because once you get into that, then you got to start thinking about realities like eugenics, mm. who's worthy of life. Yes. And 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 who's worthy of the consumption yes. of certain resources. Yes. And and that's why I think for us, this doctrine of the image of God is so vitally important because if we just simply live in a horizontal world of ones and zeros and cells and biology, we forget the supernatural aspects of our world. And we forget there is an objective standard of truth. There's an objective authority that's above all of us that we are not God. And we, we're supposed to actually represent him. And the farther the further we get away from becoming like him or re- representing him, uh, the more danger we're going to fall into yeah. as humanity. Yeah, and, and and I think part of this, you know, looking at the humanity aspect of it, is what is what was God's purpose in creating mankind, mm. and what is the purpose of our existence? Well, I mean, you, if you want to go to the Westminster Confession or whatever, you know, our purpose should be that's right to glorify God. Absolutely. But if we are nothing but ones and zeros, mm. if there is no after. Mm-hmm. If there, if if everything is natural, mm. then what is the purpose of our creation to get to the next level? Well, there is no next level for That's us. Right. There's just somebody that follows us that goes yeah. to the next level. I mean, P- Paul said, if if there if there's no resurre- resurrection, eat and drink for tomorrow, you die. Yeah, just just enjoy life as much as you can. Yeah, I, I was having a intense conversation with some atheists one time, and and. I wanted to shock them, and I did. Oh, they got outraged when I, when I said this. I said, "But if I, if I really believed what you guys claim to believe, 
I would I would immediately first of all I got a list of people I don't like I'm gonna go murder them, <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I've got a lot of food that I'm not supposed to eat I'm yeah. gonna go eat that yeah, yeah. and there's a lot of beautiful women in the world I like to pursue yeah. and I'm gonna go there yeah, yeah. you know all kinds of and I yeah. just like listed all these heinous right uh, you know selfish things and and they say what kind of monster are you and I said no I'm not monster I'm logical. Yeah. If there is no tomorrow, if there are no, if there's no right or wrong, if there's no up or down, if there's no forever after, yeah. if there are no consequences, why wouldn't I live in this pure moment of absolute hedonism? Right. And, and even the fact that he said, well, what kind of monster? You have no right to tell me that I'm, because exactly. what I'm doing is there's no morals. Yeah. There's no moral absolutes. And who says your morals are better than exactly. my morals? Exactly. Yeah. So, yeah. so this, and, and this is the fundamental breakdown of worldviews that, mm. that I always point back to. There are no there's no real multiplicity of worldviews. There are two worldviews. There is a God and he matters or there isn't. That's right. And it's just that simple. 100%. It goes right back to the Garden of Eden. Either yeah. you trust God or you don't. Yeah. Either he exists or it doesn't matter. Mm. And when you when you get to that, you know, that base, that, that's the one and the zero. <laughs> <laughs> it, it really is. It's the essence of philosophy. Exactly. That's so good. Um, I think it's important. I, I want to just mention this about the image of God before. I know we got a few minutes left. I think it's important to understand the image of God in the redemptive history. And so what I think we need to understand is everything we explained about what the image of God is, um, that's, it's fully expressed. Uh, it was, it was enjoyed in completely before the fall, but once the fall happened, the image of God became distorted. And I think it's what you see. And we talked a little about this in the book of Daniel. You see this also in the book of revelation that, once the fall happened, mankind now has the ability to either become more like God, to 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 go towards the image of God or go, go towards the animal world. We will either become more animalistic in our behaviors and our in our reflection, or we be, or now we have the chance to be restored. And so the fall distorted the image; it didn't erase it; it just distorted it. So now we can go one of two ways: we can be more animal-like or more God-like. Um, what Christ did is he recovered God's image in us so that when we are, uh, the Bible talks about us being, um, you know, a new creation in Christ, second Corinthians chapter five, that he makes all things new. Like there's this idea of God, um, restoring, or I should say recovering the image of God that now we are become me, you know, I think it's second Corinthians chapter four, that we are being transformed into the, his image, you know, from one degree of glory to the next. That's this idea of this this recovery process. And it's not until the actual resurrection that when Jesus returns, that complete restoration in God's image will be present, that we will, we will no longer struggle with this, you know, this, the struggle of the flesh or the struggle of, you know, living by our, our animalistic urges, but to say, no, I'm, I, I live according to a hundred percent. I'm like God in the way I think, the way I act, the way I feel everything is, is a complete, reflection of Jesus Christ. Yeah, here's here's where the problem comes with that because that is actually the goal of transhumanism which we'll talk about in our next yes. episode is, is but they don't look at it in the spiritual domain mm. at all. Not not in its origin, not in its consequence mm. and not in its restoration. Mm. And and so the the notion that that I mean science itself naturalism looks at the second law of thermodynamics it looks at these realities mm. um and it's it's why we spend so much time wanting to look younger yes live longer yeah 
live better. Mm. Well, what are we dealing with? We're dealing with the marring effect of original sin. Mm. And and God said, I'll take care of that for you. That's right. I will restore yeah. you. Yes. If you believe. And mm. and and man says we don't want to believe, but we want to be restored. Yeah. We're we're looking for what only God can give to us, but we want to find the answers ourselves. And isn't that the that goes all the way back to Eden. It's the epitome of man's fallen nature. Yeah. yeah. I want I want what I want what God can give me, but I want it for myself. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think these are all these are all issues that are pertinent to AI. So as we talk about technology, as we talk next episode, I think this leads into the transhumanism because you can't talk about AI without talking about transhumanism because this this idea, this pursuit of faster processing, greater, greater creative uh, means. How can we now merge what we're doing on the on the technological side with the the biological side of and the problems of who we are as humans? Yep. And that is that's what we're going to talk about in our next yep. episodes. Yes, and if you fully want to understand what Imago Day means, and if you want to understand what it means to to be created in the image of God, you're going to have to know God. You're going to have to meet that's God. Right. You're going to have to learn about Him, and that begins with Scripture. And if you really want to know why you exist and where you're heading and what why you matter at all to anything in this universe, you need to read your Bible. Mm. And it begins with that. And then once you understand that, once you know your creator, everything else begins to fall in place. Mm-hmm. So this has been a great start to this conversation. We're going to continue it as we look at another facet of, of uh, what it means to be in the image of God and man's headlong pursuit away from God. And we'll be looking at that next time on Life Talks. But as always, thanks for joining us. We hope you'll share us with your friends. And until next time, thank you for joining us as always at Life Talks. You've been listening to Life Talks. Be sure to hit the subscribe button so you never miss a new episode. Share this podcast on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter to let your friends and family know about Life Talks. We'd love to hear from you as well. So leave a comment and let us know your thoughts on this episode or any other topics we've discussed a ministry of Life Fellowship in Cornelius, North Carolina. For more information on Life Talks or Life Fellowship, visit LifeCharlotte.com or you can find us on Facebook at Life Fellowship Charlotte.